Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. And on today's episode, we have big bad Ryan John. Oh man, I thought I was busy and then I look at this guy's life and go, fuck, he doesn't even have time to have a bath, surely. <laughs> I don't mind that, but we went pretty deep in the, in the podcast game, the media game, how it all works, his thoughts, his experience, his learnings. It was, I really enjoyed this chat. Hope you do too. Ryan, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with us in the Funny Business Podcast, mate. For those listening at home, we start our pods off the pretty much the same way. Who are you and what do you do? Um, I thought I would just read my Instagram bio because I've heard this question before. It's always so awkward, but I think it sums it up. My Instagram bio says, husband, dog daddy, adoptee, broadcaster. Um, and I think that sums it up. And then, yeah, I work at Kiss 101.1 in Melbourne. I have a, a podcast called The Business Bible, which uh, a lot of crossover and similar vibes to you guys trying to, you know, support people with their side hustles and small business and just promote the fact that, hey, even though it's really lonely and hard, it's actually, you're not alone. There's heaps of other people doing it. So that's similar vibes on the business Bible. And then I've just started a, a podcast with Tony Lodge, which is really just shooting the breeze, having fun and a uh, bit of a, an outlet to have a laugh really after all the serious stuff. So that keeps me pretty busy. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's what's a what's like what's a week for you? Like Monday to Friday, you work at Kiss. You've got a bunch of pods. Do you do all the editing and all that other stuff yourself? Do you have a team around you? What's the go? Um, for Business Bible, there's no real team. Like V co-hosts the episodes, but I'll do all the research, book all the guests, and then edit it and, and put it up. Tony and I kind of share the load with that podcast. Um, we're both know how to edit audio because we've both got radio backgrounds and. Um, we all actually don't really edit it that much purely to save time, <laughs> which is handy, but yeah, I'm at kiss probably seven o'clock each morning here for most of the morning into the early Arvo. And then a few hours later in the day, do a few podcasts, do a few videos. And I'm also a, a very part-time uni student as well. So it's getting pretty busy. I'm pretty much at capacity. <laughs> I've got no more Sounds time, like but, but, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know, try to cram it in and be efficient, I guess. There's no real secret. I don't get up at 4 a.m. and drink a power green smoothie like all the bullshit gurus say. I just, yeah, just try and fit it all in and get it done. But you mentioned just before we hit record was that you were up at 4 o'clock today. Well, yeah, so uh, it used to be Jason PJ, now Jason Lauren, the Kiss Breakfast Show. Jason was actually sick. So I got a call last night going, oh, mate, can you just have your phone on? And then got the call, yep, Jason's sick, can you come in early? So I went and did the breakfast show from six to nine. Um, so it was me and Lauren Phillips and then Shane Crawford did now with us. Who do you guys back for on the footy, by the way? Uh, I'm a Lions man and Rob's converted to Geelong. I'm up the really? cats. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm a Hawks man. So I was like, they're like, I oh, just make sure you're really calm and cool with Shane. And I'm like, he's my childhood hero. And I'm just like, oh, hi, Shane. How you going, mate? Yeah. Oh, what was your name, Shane? Yeah. Nice to meet you. Um, so it was uh, sort of terrifying. And then I went home and was doing some work and some editing. And then I remembered that it's my day to chat funny business. So I got on my bike and rode back to the studio and now here we are. Oh, mate. Well, we appreciate that, mate. We appreciate how How often like, do you get thrown in the deep end like that, like when something's sick or when you've just got to sort of, you know, like you said, be on call? Like, Does that happen quite often in your line of work? Um, not that often, just purely because Jace, he's never sick. Like he's just a, a goer and I'm sort of the, the fill-in for him because I'm, I'm on – kiss after their show so they just say come in a bit earlier i have had a few calls like be on standby and then you just don't hear back well sometimes i've come in and come in early and they go oh actually he's fine and i go oh, oh okay cool i'll just uh 
grab a coffee and uh, hang out, like, <laughs> I guess. But um, I don't know you guys probably know this with the podcast and stuff and guests and sometimes stuff doesn't load. Sometimes a guest is delayed. Sometimes something happens with the equipment. You got to come back tomorrow. There's always a bit of mucking around, but it's sort of part of the journey. Oh, I hate to say the word journey. It sounds so lame, but you know what I mean? Like the, you, you can't be too rigid, I guess. You got to be pretty flexible and just ride the, the punches. How did you get into get into all this? Like, was this something as like as a kid growing up? You're like, fuck, I want to be in the media. Like, how did how did the this whole uh, stuff start? How you? did the journey start yeah, for you? How did the journey start? Take us back. Um, so I was actually I'm actually an accountant by trade and used to work in a accounting firm in the city in Flinders Lane in Melbourne, and I did like community radio. Um, just for funsies at at Sin, you might have heard a few people started at Sin, it's like the Student Youth Network at RMIT. And I made a short film. I had a really crappy job at uni, like we all did. I worked behind the desk at a, a dodgy motel. And so I put all those stories from working at the dodgy motel together and then made like a little short film about all the crazy shit that went down. And, um, and, and as you guys probably know, it's like, it's quite enjoyable. It's really fun. And you work with some great people and you kind of get to that stage where you go, oh, geez, I'm looking forward to after work to go and do the fun stuff and not really loving the day stuff as much. And, I actually spoke to HR at the accounting firm and they said, Hey, and I don't know if this was their nice way of saying you're a shit accountant, but they're like, Hey, you don't have kids. You don't have a mortgage. Like it's time to try stuff. You don't want to be that guy that's 50 going, Oh, I wish I had of. And they said, Hey, there's always a job if you want to come back, but I mean, you may as well give it a crack while you're young. Right. And I thought, yeah. And so every day is just one more day that I don't have to call picture partners back and beg for my, beg for my old job back basically <laughs> um but yeah it's so a lot of starting on the weekends and just having fun with mates and then well you guys have probably had those conversations where you're like oh we've been doing this it's a bit of fun but like are we are we like should we really do this <laughs> you know what i mean you get to that point where you're like are, are we all in here and i mean i don't know if you guys have you'd probably be forever kind of having that chat right Oh yeah. When does the show, when does the show end? What where is this forever? Like yeah, what, we're like what, what happens now? I can't wait till I'm eighty doing the, doing this and just talking. Oh, we were literally just talking yeah. into this and going, "Fuck, man!" We in a year and a half, we literally we talking to this microphone, upload it, RSS feed, it's out in the world, and all of a sudden, like anyone can hear it and stuff. It's crazy. Like it, it, throughout periods yeah. of time that you think about, it, like we we've got this device that we can do that now. I think it's really helped us keep sane in. Yeah. It's like a public journal. It's a bit yuck, to be honest. If you go back, you can (laughs) really see everything, you know, but uh, do you guys have like those good days? It might just be something good happens or whatever. And you're like, Oh, this time next year, we could be fucking this, 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 and this. And then you have a shit day and you're like, it's over. We're done. We're finished. And it's just like one of the great roller coasters that all small businesses go through. You guys the same as that. Oh, mate, champagne and razor blades. We have these chats all the time and it's just, that's what you, like the benefits of, you know, doing a podcast and, you know, having a community of of like-minded people is everyone sort of goes through the same sort of thing. So when you feel like you said, like when you feel lonely and you feel like some of these problems are really hard and you're like, fuck me, this is crazy. Like how, how do I cope? Like there are people who've been there sort of before and can help you navigate that world, you know? So the importance of having the right people around you too is pretty cool. And what do you guys think of one of the main reasons we started the business Bible is I was a little bit sick of, you know, these guys renting, not even the the private jet, but just to stand in front of the jet to get to take a photo and just this implying that they're killing it and they're doing all this. And I think everyone's got past the, Hey, it is, that's actually bullshit. You're not doing that at all. You're still living at mum's place. Um, We're all actually out here doing it. Hey, some days are good. Some days are bad, but I think 
people are starting to respect the the honesty and just hey it is what it is we're all in this together rather than the the peacocking i don't know does the does that kind of grind your gears when you see that shit online as well yeah, I like the Ty Lopez. I don't want to throw too much shade, but like, I know, fucking throw shade his... all over that bloke. Oh man, like seeing his Who's stuff. Because you know, obviously, the gateway drug Gary V type of thing. Like you're watching that yeah. sort of stuff. Ty Lopez has just paid a fortune to just. Hey guys, um, just trying to decide which uh, Lamborghini I should drive today. By the way, get my course. Oh, maybe I should get the blue Lamborghini. And he's just—it's the weirdest ad. And you—you'll see the ad, and you go, "Oh, I've seen this before," because it's so yeah. awkward. How many courses is he selling though? I bought, I bought them all and it hasn't done anything <laughs> yet. You know what I mean? Fucking hell. You're like, maybe that guy's actually in a private jet because you, you're actually giving him money. <laughs> yeah, he's like a, he's like, I watched this thing on uh, Scammers. I think it might've been 60 Minutes actually. They were talking about Scammers or something. Going in. Was he the expert like, or was he the one as a scammer that they were investigating? <laughs> No, nah, he was a guy going undercover saying like people were like uh, losing their houses. Like if he heard like real horror stories of like single mums and they're like, they're going to rip apart their like bank life savings. He would call them and tell them like, that's a scam and like full really? 60 minutes, like real journalism. Yeah, right. You know? That's insane. I, I think that like with what you're doing, like she's my money, the business Bible, like do you feel like you have a responsibility to, you, you should be helping so many people with the content you're putting out. I yeah. think like that's something that we've, we started, we didn't have any expectations of how long our show would go for or what we'd be doing. But yeah. as we started to realize people were actually interested and, and like the shit we put out, we felt like it was almost like a responsibility to do, do more. Do you feel the same way about the stuff that you put out? Yeah. Well, I think it's hard in terms of, you know, things don't go right all the time and you have good days and bad days but it's actually not that hard in the fact that you have to be smart to get it and what we found with she's on the money is it's not that a lot of the younger generation of females don't or aren't smart enough it's just no one ever actually taught them like and i always think about that with the business bible it's like it's not that you're not smart enough just no one's ever sat you down and explained a few things to you and given you some help um and so when you say is a responsibility it's sort of yeah, like imagine stuff that you know now that you would have loved to have told yourself three years ago. I mean, how great is it that you actually get to do that to other people? Oh, hey guys, see what you're starting out. I actually tried something similar and I, I learned this. So do with that what you will. I mean, what a gift to give, you know? And uh, like I said, it's not because they're not smart. It's just no one ever gave them a, a heads up. And so many people have given me little tips and nudges along the way. And I mean, the least you can do is just pay it forward. So I think that's a good mindset to have. And if everyone does it, I always think, like a rising tide lifts all boats for every dollar you blokes make. That's not one less dollar I can make. Like there's enough sort of for everyone. There's enough fun ideas. There's enough businesses. There's enough bandwidth for everyone to do well. So we may as well help each other out. Hey, tell him about podcasts and podcast listeners. Like you've been. Oh, we'll chat. Of, yeah. we're, we're on um, Alexis's. Do, she, what's her podcast? do you fucking mind? Is yeah. it hard? And we were chatting to her yesterday around this. And it was like a weird thing that we've noticed about being involved in like the podcast community is everyone's really friendly. Like mm. it's relatively, you think it's like, you feel that sense of, like, am I competing as this, what it is? But at the end of the day, people, people love podcasts. They're listening to like 20 plus hours of pods a week. And we're yeah. grinding over here to put out two guest episodes and pump out other content. We're putting two and a half hours. So it's and like, it's not that big. You know what I mean? It's not really, you there's know, there's room for everyone. There's always room for everyone. Yeah. And there's just, Absolutely. it's like you said, the rising tide. It's like, the rise of podcasts in general, all different shows, all things that people can consume. You know, well, if, it's if, like, podcast, if podcasting booms, we all win. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if it bombs, well, we'll all have a beer together and commiserate. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, I think if we're all in this together, but I think as the weird thing is, because I work in radio and radio is so stupid because they think they need to compete against each other. 
And the, the result of that is they're all losing. Radio has declined year on year for 10 years for listeners and revenue, and they need to compete with each other. And you're like, nah, you go on YouTube and two in inverted, inverted commas competitor YouTubers, they'll team up together and do a collaboration and they both win because they both get heaps of views. Go, oh, I love that YouTuber and I love them. And they're doing a thing together. Like, fuck yeah. And I reckon people might listen to the business Bible. They might listen to you and go, oh, my two podcasts are talking to each other. How good is this? Because I know I rub my hands together when I see two of my favorite podcasters having a chat together. And But radio, you never mention the other station. We're number one. No, you're number one. Oh, no, we're number one for this. And we're better than them. And don't mention them over there. And I just think they're all building their own apps. They're all building their own shows. Imagine if they all teamed up and just made one great podcast app for the whole of Australia instead of competing with each other and them all being shit. <laughs> like. What's the difference between like being involved in both, like being in radio and doing pods? Yeah, yeah. you're sitting on the fence. Yeah. Splinters in your ass, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, well, um, what is it? The kiss is a, what do I say and just keep myself employed here? <laughs> like I would work for a radio station and I actually love working here, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't probably invest in a radio station. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy to take their money, but I wouldn't put money in. <laughs> but, um, Smart and, but it is a, a job that it, it's great. And as you guys know, um, it's the big retainer client. It's the consistent one for me. <laughs> so I go, yep, every month, that's my lock. That gets it done. I love coming in here. Very enjoyable, lovely people. Our podcasts go through iHeartRadio, which is owned by the same company. So it's all conveniently figured itself out. But I think again, even in terms of collaboration, I don't go radio versus podcast. I just, it's the audio business and the way you get it will change. And the people who provide it might change, but at the end of the day, you've just got headphones in listening to something. It's just audio. So I don't, again, similar to not competing. It's just different methods of the same thing. Really. I feel like radio is one of those ones where like, how often do I need to tune in live? No, but I think it's good too, because I think like in terms of the market, international market and stuff, like radio and stuff still dominating the airwaves, you know, like future, like you said, you probably wouldn't invest, but like I know that Hamish and Andy having a show and all these big names having radio shows, it does actually amplify the pod and all the future stuff that you're doing Is because it gives pod you- just an extra arm though? Like how does it work? Like if people have a radio show, like how does the Hamish, they don't, do they have a radio show still? No, they don't. No radio anymore, just just podcast. And I actually would say to anyone who asks my advice and, and some, like I do a bit of consulting, I always say, don't, oh, we're making a podcast. We're making a YouTube channel. Just like pull it back a step and just go, oh, we're just making a media brand. And I know that sounds big and fancy, but it doesn't have to be. And so you don't have to be like, oh, we're a podcast. You just, no, we're a media brand. And yeah, we do a podcast and we might do a newsletter as well, or we have some YouTube, but like, it doesn't really matter where you just go, we're a media brand and we do a bunch of different things, you know? Yeah. Yep. Don't We've got a podcast now. Yeah, exactly. And you guys, we were talking before, you know, if you guys want to do some video or try and some stuff out. Yeah. It, it's not going to be like, oh, we're changing our whole business. You just start doing something else and oh, maybe you like that one. Maybe you don't. Maybe you try something different, but you'll still be you two. You know, it's not going to change anything really. It's just your media brand with a bunch of different little arms in it. Yeah. And I think that's the fun part too, isn't it? Like that's, that's why we play in the space is to get creative yeah. and do all that stuff. Like that's the exciting thing. You guys might do two YouTube videos and go, we hated that. <laughs> we just didn't <laughs> find it fun. It's not for us. And then you'll try something else and you go, oh no, this is the one for us. Um, but you don't know until you try, I guess. Oh, 100%. That's what I've been like watching old sort of radio shows and all old sort of just settings and just seeing like 
how people done it in the past and like what you can do. Cause at the moment, like podcast world's the wild west. You can do what you want. You know, you can make any shows, you can have them, you can create series, you can do whatever you want. Tell them what you've been watching. Uh, I've been watching Howard Stern. I don't know if, if you've seen, I don't know. I've never heard of Howard Stern really until like have recently. You watched the, have, just are you been, watching the movie or just watching clips of his show? Just clips of all the old, uh, all the old artists and all the old um, movie stars and all that going on, like early two thousands, late nineties, and how wild yeah. some of his questions yeah. were. And how much would you never see that on radio today, where literally the biggest names in the world come in, he gives them a coffee, they're on a couch, they sit there for an hour, like it's really. And when you say those, some of the questions are full on, but after forty minutes, you get to know someone, and you've kind of earned the right to ask those questions because you've formed a bond. But in Australia, you've got three minutes, right? Oh, what's your latest project? Cool. Um, by the way, what's your favorite sex position? Like it would just not f- make sense. But when you've got time. And that's why people like podcasts. You've got time to get to know someone. And that's why Howard Stern is so great because he just said, oh, we're not going to go to traffic every three minutes and do this. I've actually got Lady Gaga in the studio and I'm going to sit down for an hour and talk to her. Um, yeah. but there's a movie called Private Parts, which is a movie about his life. So if you're getting on the Howard Stern train, even if you're not into radio, anyone who's got any interest in media or just wants to see a, a biopic about a very interesting character... Private Parts is a cracking movie. Oh, mate. I have to check it out. I couldn't oh, believe I'm some set. of the questions. Locke's been sending yeah. me like little like clips. Baby like, spice go shit. check out this timestamp and send us some of the questions. Like, I well, don't know how. But a, I love. Heaps of people have been cancelled. How is he not But I love the culture? disarming nature and like the things that he could sort of, like if you you sort of know Howard Stern, you know he's like, he gets away with everything, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, there's this one scene which actually happened. I think he got banned from radio in New York in the 90s where he basically got to sort of porn star females. And he just said, I don't understand lesbians. You'll have to show me. And they literally just, and he, and this is pre video and it's just them moaning and him just like describing what he's seeing in front of him. Like, and that's on three o'clock in the afternoon in New York city. On top of UNBC. <laughs> I like that. That's fucking crazy, man. Like I, I, like, I don't know. I'd love to touch on your thoughts on where, like the, where you're seeing podcasting going in general, like what you've seen since you've sort of been in the space, like where you sort of see it going. Uh, well, I just think you compared to radio, radio tries to, and by definition of being a broadcast, it is broad. It's trying to touch on the broadest things to get the broadest audience. And I think the power of podcasts is, Maybe the stuff we do isn't for everyone and that's totally fine. But for the people who it is for, they're frothing it. And I think I'd rather have a thousand people listening who are like, this is fucking me. I get the guys, they get me. We're in the same headspace. I'm really into what they're doing. And whenever you do a live show and we're allowed to, whenever you bring out a book, whatever it is, they're all in. I'd rather have a thousand of those people than 20,000 kind of go, oh yeah, I guess sort of they're all right. Maybe like, And I think that's where podcasting, you can really find your people, find your community and, and be what it is you want to be instead of, oh yeah, we need to do this, but we're also doing a secret sound. And then you have to pretend to like this song because that's what the station's all about. And then after that, we'll do a contest for a sponsor and it all sounds the same and just a bit, you know, a bit meh after a while. And I think the power of podcasting is being able to personalize it, not only for yourselves, but for your audience as well. And just making something that they really find valuable and I do honestly think having a thousand true fans, which is a theory that gets thrown around a fair bit, but having a thousand people that really care about what you're doing and really get it is so much better than 20,000 who have just heard of you and think you're all right. So that's what I reckon. A hundred percent. You must have so many people come and pitch your show ideas. How do you politely say no to some of their shit ideas? 
well, I don't say I got pitch shit ideas. I'm just like, Hey man, if you're feeling it, do it. <laughs> like, um, again, you, the best thing about podcasting the internet is there might not be a thousand people who are into that real weird thing that you're into in your small town in, you know, in Torquay, but in the whole world, there probably is. So it doesn't matter how specific or niche you are. They'll, your freaks will be out there. Your, your fellow freaks will be there somewhere and they'll find you. Um, so I reckon, I mean, you can get real niche and you, you probably can get a bit shit, but I mean, you don't know how many stories are there of a girl who just started drawing cartoons on her nails and that's her job now, you know, like imagine if she, if she pitched me that I'd be like, well, that's fucking dumb. But I mean, who's laughing now? She's got millions of people on TikTok. She does brands thing. And she's just known as the girl who loves cartoons and nail art. And I mean, fucking, how good's her life? Good on her. Crazy. And then you're sort of thinking about like the, the touch points for the community. Then aren't you know, like, how do how do we show up? Like, what's the format? How do we feed the community and, and get them humming? Like when you're starting out a new project and new pod or, and all that stuff, how, how are you building that community? What are the sort of touch points you're looking at? Well, I reckon you got to, um, think about where your community is. And I guess a lot of business people, I don't know if you guys use the term like customer persona or customer avatar or that kind of imaginary person where you go, oh, our listener is a 31 year old bloke who lives with his wife and one kid and he's starting his new business and he's looking for some help and people like you kind of paint a picture of this person and then go, well, is he actually on Twitter or is he more likely to be on Snapchat? Is he actually on Facebook or is he more likely to listen to a podcast? So you kind of try and think where they, where are they going to be? Where are your, and if your people are similar to you, I mean, I'm not on a few apps, so I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm all in on this other app because I just, that's not where I am. And so I think just thinking about where they are and shameless, like they've told this story a few times and obviously one of the great success stories of, you know, the DIY media game, the shameless podcast, they started like doing all this Twitter stuff. And then it didn't really kick off and they kind of looked at themselves and went, well, we don't go on Twitter. We don't like Twitter. So why are we putting this effort into Twitter where we spend all our time on Facebook groups and Instagram. So then they said, well, let's put our effort into that. And then that was a big part of the growth of their podcast is they started showing up where their people actually were instead of trying to convince the people to go to some other place they didn't want to be. Oh, I love that advice. That's, un- that's unreal. I think it's funny because we, we, went the same strategy and went tackled our people on LinkedIn as our approach to build our pod. And like, I reckon we that's like, where I first saw you blokes. I saw you on LinkedIn. I was like, Oh, what are these guys up to? This looks cool. Just flooding the feed, mate. You know what I mean? If you don't have enough <laughs> money to pump into ads, mate, you just got to flood the feed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we do, we done it a bit different. Yeah. We we're on LinkedIn and then we, um, yeah, just built it up that way. And it sort of just evolved from there, but Never had any grand ideas. If you're talking to people who are into business and into their careers and stuff, like that's where they are. So that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. And it's just chatting and people like, honestly, building community for us was a lot about actually speaking to people like all day. Let's spend all all week, like just talking to people on LinkedIn, just messaging them what's been happening. You know, just like about their jobs and just, just showing up, you know what I mean? And then, I don't know. I think people just think you can just post a few things and you become a magnet and all these people are drawn to it. That's, you know, you've got to amplify, you know, what you think thinking about and your thoughts and stuff. But I think actually talking to people and, you know, just engaging like that works as well. So what's your, considering you spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, what's your, what are the people saying? Like, what are they, what's the vibe on LinkedIn at the moment? What are you getting Turn from into them? Facebook, like of 2012, I reckon. Like people, like everyone, we're starting to see like some more sunsets, some more dogs, some more 
human sort of element to people's careers i think and it's it's good i'm like it's better than the stiff boring seminar things you know, we still get them there's still know? a fair bit of stiff oh there. they still come to yeah. my seminar and learn nothing huh <laughs> but uh but that's all that's all right it's good for us it makes us stand out a bit more you know what i mean but i feel like there's people's personalities now starting to show a lot more like that sort of careery mice i think the rise of like entrepreneurship and that sort of sexiness and and that sort of thing i think a lot of people want are interested in starting their own business now especially with everything that's happened like yeah. the pandemic say, and stuff working from home and i feel like the opposite of companies just embracing people's individuality i don't think there will be the oh i'm professional rob on linkedin and i'm fun rob on instagram i think people are realizing hey you can have a job and be good at it and still have a personality and be fun. And I think there isn't that hard black and white, like LinkedIn would have been serious and everything else is fun. And now it's like, no, you can be yourself at work. You can have fun. I'm working from home anyway. <laughs> like, And I think, like you said, it's getting a bit more personal on LinkedIn, which I, I don't hate. It's a, Yeah, because it was pretty stiff. Yeah, I think it's nice now that like everyone's seen everyone in their home setting, you know, everyone's seen. And then it can be the oversharing and you're like, bro, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, you know, no, this no. is, I'm not, you know, <laughs> leave isn't a reality alone. show. Leave, you know? leave me alone. But it's funny, like yeah. LinkedIn, I see that as a platform, like you talk about how people are feeling. We actually polled some of our community and um, asking them like how they're feeling energy wise. And a lot of people are feeling pretty cooked. So for like, we're lucky, always feel very grateful to work in sort of the tech space and have been um, able to have an income through, through this period. And, but a lot of people are starting to feel the, the pinch of work, never ending work. So it's like, Hey, I'm actually, I've been lucky enough to still have a job, but I haven't had any time off and I've been at home and I'm going insane. And yeah. I don't know. It's been weird. Yeah. How are you finding everything? Um, well, I actually feel a bit guilty because I am in inverted commas essential because I'm in media. So I've still been going to work every day um, because we're taking, I mean, usually music radio stations during the day is just music, but we're taking live press conferences you know, updates are coming through. People are calling in to share their, you know, frustrations or positive stories and stuff. So it's sort of been normal for me because I still get up and go to work and come home. So I've, I've, I do get the guilts a little bit that I haven't had it as bad as some others. And my wife, she, she was a winemaker. Now she's in beer, but obviously that's not a job you can do from home. She's like on the floor making stuff. So we both get up in the morning and go to work. <laughs> so it's weird, but I definitely... Uh, being at Kiss and answering phones all day from people, you feel that it's sort of gone from, oh, it is what it is. We'll push through. And I think it's getting to the stage where people are like, nah, I'm I'm pretty done. I want to quit my job. I want to start something new. I'm sick of waiting around for my life to just, you know, move along and not really do anything with it. And I think, yeah, there's a big, big shift going on. I reckon a lot of people will have some great ideas now that in the next few years, we'll be like, oh, where'd this business come from? Oh, well, I was sitting at home during the pandemic and I thought of this thing and I reckon we're going to hear those stories in two or three years, you know, that have birthed from frustration and boredom now. They'll come to fruition soon and I reckon that'd be pretty cool. Well, well that, when you get to that point then and then you're thinking about new ideas and stuff, like for you, did you learn on YouTube like to get into this space and all the editing? Were you just like self-taught or did you go to uni or a bit of both? So I... Yeah, a lot of YouTube tutorials teaching me how to edit video. Um, and still, if I'm, I don't know, trying to cut a meme or something, I'll go into YouTube and just be like, oh, how do I crop this thing and, and sort of self-taught? Although what I will say, though, I did a, a four-week course at RMIT. And by four-week, I mean it was like every Tuesday night for four weeks. So like four two-hour sessions, which was like intro to 
Premiere and Photoshop and just getting the really core basics sets you up to then go and teach yourself even faster. Um, or even just having someone who's really good and is sitting near you is really helpful. And I think um, I don't want to be like, there's no excuse, but like it, it is pretty cool that we can teach ourselves stuff and learn things and, and even just try it. Maybe you do it for a few weeks and you're like, I actually don't enjoy this. And that's actually a good thing to learn and you just move on to do something else. But um, yeah, definitely a lot of YouTube. And I think a lot of like everything, you, you listen to other podcasts and you go, oh, I like how she does that. I, I might try to do something similar. Not that you're copying, but you just, oh, they do this thing at the start of their episode where they introduce someone. Oh, I like how that feels. I might try and implement that myself. Or I like how that person's quite calm when they're doing this. Like, so I think the more you consume, the more you just sort of pick up on, you know, tidbits and habits and stuff. And you kind of form your own, what you're capable of by, you know, borrowing and remixing everything else that you see and consume. Well, tell us about like consumption then. Are you, can, are you, because obviously you're doing a lot of output, you're doing a lot of creating, you're doing a lot of your own stuff. How do you have time throughout the week to listen to other things? Like, do you make time? Do you think that's important or that jazz? So I used to like my partner, yeah, winemaker lived out in the Grampian. So I used to commute all the time. So I spent a lot of time on the Western highway, which forces you to listen to podcasts because there's nothing else to do. Um, but now I, I live in Richmond and I'm close to the studio, so I don't actually commute that much. So my podcast consumption is down, not by choice, but just by pure, you know, logistics of life. But every night I take the dog for a walk late at night so he can, you know, do his business and stretch his legs. So that's when I listen to your podcast and I listen to the daily Oz most days to catch up with some news. But I, Sometimes it's because I want to, but yeah, I am very aware that you you can't just put stuff out and not listen to anyone else's. It doesn't do you any favors. I'll tell you what, the Daily Oz is a, is a cool topic to talk about. Like we had them. Um, Big Sambo. Sambo the pod. Sam he loves the news, bro. He, he loves lo- the smell of the news. <laughs> he, he does. He loves, he loves the news. <laughs> yeah. He loves it sick. But see their growth on Instagram and how, I guess, they're obviously talking to millennials and how they consume content. They were just the way he explained it and how their growth happened. It went from hard work, hard work, hard work, showing up, showing up, showing up, and then had that moment, that opportunity where it just got some real traction. And they're gone bananas now. Canva, like they're just that's an awesome story. Yeah, it is bananas. And I haven't had heaps to do with the big Sambo, but I have spoken lots to Zara, especially when they brought the podcast out because she was like, We've never done it. I don't know what I'm doing, but we're doing it, <laughs> uh, which is the, the right attitude. Just start and we'll figure it out as we go. But I think the best thing they've done is sort of what I was saying before, like show up where people already are. People are already on Instagram. Well, give it, give the news to them on Instagram. I think we're TV. Like how many times do you see channel seven news post like a snippet and go, Oh, tune into the TV at six. You're like, fuck you. I'm on Instagram right now. If you know something, tell me what it is. I'm not watching the fucking TV. I don't even own one. Um, um, all these gamers, they don't even that like Chris, Chris Wilson. I don't reckon he's seen a TV ad. You know, in his life. Chris Smith. Chris Smith, sorry. Yeah, Chris Smith. And he, no way. he said he lived in his gaming room. He goes, the only ads I see are the ones in the game, like the PlayStation and shit. <laughs> but I think, like I was saying before with the, the media brand, when you show up on Instagram, be an Instagram account. When you show up on YouTube, make YouTube videos. Don't spend all your time on platforms telling someone to go to other platforms. Like, And I think the Daily Oz, they could have spent all their time going, oh, go to the site, go to the site. And they went, nah, they're on Instagram. They're already there. They want the news, so let's just give them what they want. <laughs> like, um, for all the all the respect I have for the Daily Oz, uh, it's sort of—I mean, in hindsight, it's sort of simple, right? What do people want, and where are they already hanging out? I mean, there's two good questions to start any business, I reckon. 
Oh, well, that's why Rob's only fans, you know, just get that, get that firing again. You know what I mean? Hey, Spend some more time and energy. Porn's back, is it? Huh? Didn't they, didn't they, they, they banned back. porn, now porn's back? I don't know. Back. So basically they got investors and the new investors were like, happy to help out, but we're just not really into the porn thing. And they they must've needed the money that bad. They went, oh, oh, okay. And then obviously all the brouhaha happened and then they got some new investors that were like, nah, we're all for it, mate, get into it. And so um, that's, yeah, they're back up. But I reckon that's effed off all their fans though. As in, like the creators are like, well, now that we know that you'd, you know, fuck us off in a heartbeat, they'll there'll be some other one pop up and move over and take. So, w- which one are you going to, Rob? <laughs> oh, no. There's a new one called Only Friends. Only <laughs> Friends. You know, Only friend. I found that so like so interesting to watch that whole thing play out though, because a company that's just got so much traction and so much eyes and attention for doing that, they didn't make plan it all on that, like that out of nowhere and just yeah. no heads up, just you're off. Yeah, well, it just shows the lack of contempt and respect for their community. And like you're saying, what do people want and where are they showing up for it? Well, they've completely misread that because people are rocking up to see tits and ass and you're going to block that. So the people are going to stop turning up. But yeah, they didn't actually intend on being an adult site. They thought it was a great place for people like you and me to go, oh, hey, for a dollar a month, we've got these business tips or, hey, I'm I'm a chef and I'm trying to do my thing. And it just happened to work out that way. But I think you've got to ride the wave, don't you? If 98% of your customers are doing something, keep giving them that thing because, I mean, look at the blowback of that. No pun intended. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, 100%. Oh, it's just... Hey, what, what, what platforms uh, are you digging at the moment? Out of like, you, you've played on... You were talking before, you, you, you come, you do YouTube videos, you play on Instagram. Oh, I, I, I don't reckon I've done... I haven't done YouTube this year, I reckon. I've really pulled back because I feel like you can make three TikToks in a day and they do a million views or you can spend a whole week on a YouTube video that does 500. And I know it comes down to content and quality and storytelling and stuff, but I just find the short, sharp, fun stuff. You can just try something, put it out and move on to the next one. Whereas YouTube, I feel like you really have to commit and be a YouTuber and really, really show up. And I think with everything else going on, I found TikTok a lot more and Reels just a lot more fun because you can put out a a bunch more and, and enjoy it. So I'm on I'm loving TikTok at the moment. I'm loving Instagram and Instagram Reels. Listen to a lot of pods and and Twitter is just where I go to get triggered by political shit. And I hate it every time I go on. It just makes me so angry. So I go on Twitter to get triggered and also when Hawthorne's playing so I can get live tweets of how shit we're playing. So that's where <laughs> that's where Mike and some oh and Facebook groups are sometimes a bit of a wild ride. Um Facebook itself is a bit meh, but if you find some good groups, and I mean there's some really funny ones that shouldn't serve people like us, but it's like Kmart mums or mums who clean, like the people getting in fights and stuff about like, oh, mate, you shouldn't use that detergent. My ex-husband had that and he was an asshole. So obviously everyone who uses White King is just, they're all cheaters. And like, I don't know, there's a lot of wild rides that I'll end up on Facebook groups and I don't hate that. Well, that's like real life reality shit. You know what I mean? And like, really you can actually is, look at their it's profiles, so look at their their family gatherings and go, fuck. And then all of a sudden you're on their second cousin's profile and you're going, yeah. I've really dug deep here. I don't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah. um, I said to you guys off air that I had beef with you. And I think I'd, I've or actually probably waited too long to bring this up. I think yeah. it was Rob, but correct me if I'm wrong. Rob, was it you who had the gall to talk shit about Domino's last week? Was that you? It was probably Locke does like Domino's. I haven't had Domino's for a while. Are you a big Domino's fan? The fact you can get on a podcast and verbally bash one of the great pizza franchises of our generation 
and go, it's so shit, it's so awful. And then do a 10 minute story about how you used to have Domino shakes every day after you just ratted out their pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you no, got that a was story like, straight, real. Yeah, no, nah, their All pizzas right. are horrible. Their 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 shakes are a genuine eleven out of ten. Their malt shake things is just so like, thick. Oh my god! Even without the cream, bro, just go straight <laughs> up chocolate malt I'm, sugar. I'm listening best. along. I was walking the dog. I'm enjoying hearing these stories about OnlyFans and a few other business things. Go to selling for fuck ton, and then I literally stopped in my tracks. When you were like, how shit's Domino's? And I was like, am I going on this podcast? <laughs> am I hanging out with these blokes? What, what's Who do they think pizza? they are? What do you like there? I just don't think you can get a shit pizza from any, like, oh, actually, no, that's going far. But I reckon I've lived in some pretty small towns and Domino's are pretty good staple when you don't know what else is out there. It's like Macca's. Yeah, see, but bed. I come it's from very, bed. like, I come from Flemington where I was living. Like I had, F, I had, I love dumplings at my fingertips. You know what I mean? So coming here and having Domino's, it's like, bro, you're kidding. This is, that's one of the things that you've missed about moving here. Cause you had like, you were just a smorgasbord of all the things you could want. And Bummy you, rolls, bro. Five bucks. Just when you oh. walk into the dumpling shop and they just nod at you, like that's your order. And you go, yes, thanks. Yeah, you yeah. fat boy in. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Why um, did you, yeah, I don't know. Domino's, what, what, to Torquay. What's yeah. What's that? Why'd you move from Flemington to Torquay? Uh, the missus got a job and we were just like, it was the start of the, oh, it was the start of the second lockdown right before that. So we moved in. It was like, how good is this? So yeah. Plus he moved down here. So I just, I was stalking him really. <laughs> yeah, That's funny. Actually, there was a place for lease that was directly across the road from where my wife and I just moved in. And yep. the four of us all used to live together. So like lock tiles, Emin and me, we, we all know each other. Pretty tight. Yeah. We're all tight. We've done our thing. And then it was funny because the place was across the road and my wife's like, there's no fucking way they're leasing the joint directly across the road. And there's no way sleeping in our bed again. <laughs> Is that because you two would spend all your time together and not with your partners or you just don't need each other just wandering over saying g'day? It's like you need a bit to draw a line between business and work and mates and home time. Well, we didn't go that far. He lives like 700 meters away. So yeah, it's like- look, it's not that. It's- yeah. I just think I would leave cricket bats all over the house because I like playing and fiddling around with things. And I'm just a bit, I just, it's I'm like a big kid. I'm like a big kid. Yeah. Actually, when you put it that way, it makes sense. Yeah. Where, so do you come down the coast much? Do you surf and stuff? I don't surf, but I did spend like most summer holidays, Aries Inlet, Anglesey, you know, Skeens Creek, Apollo Bay. Like I just love the Great Ocean Road. Look, cause we grew up in Melbourne. So that was like our, our holiday time. And, I was actually planning on getting married on this property at uh, yeah, kind of in between Skeens Creek and Y River down there, just on a, a block of land looking over the water and stuff. And yeah, just love it down there. I'm not a surfer, but it seems so lame to be like, I love going body surfing, but I just love going body surfing because I'm shit at surfing, but I just love getting in the water and swimming around and catching some waves and chasing the dog and stuff. So yeah, you, I love it you, down there. Are you hanging for obviously restrictions to ease? Have you got the next holiday or trip planned? Nah, because... It's just like Murphy's Law. As soon as you book something in, you know, who the fuck knows what's going to happen. We we cancelled our wedding two or three times. My wife, we, we just ended up getting married in a park, just eloping, just signing the papers and going out for dinner. And, you know, the, oh, yeah, we'll have a party some other time. We've got some friends who have four or five times had to cancel and they've just put the cue in the rack and said, nah. And, yeah, my wife is from New Zealand. We still haven't been back to the the motherland for a few years so we're sort of keen to get back but again we're just like oh this is i know everyone's pretty good now with cancellations and you know changing bookings but it's just not worth the hassle but 
doesn't mean I'm not aching for it, but we just haven't booked anything in because yeah, who bloody knows. Man, that's shocking. You had to couple of, t- that must've been pretty stressful going through that. We were touch wood, like I can't touch wood. It's already happened, but we were, we were lucky. We were two weeks, got married two weeks before the first, like the rest- restrictions started coming in for weddings and stuff. Yeah. And we had a few, fair few friends nice. and seeing some of that stuff where people had to go through that. I'm booking, I'm not booking. I'm not getting my deposits back or I've spent this. Just don't have any plans ever. Like I just don't, <laughs> don't dream, don't yeah. have plans. Just live day by day and you'll be sweet. You know? Well, it's funny you say that because we have sort of just gone, yeah, yeah, like something will come up and it'll probably cost more money, but it'll probably be a Wednesday. And we go, fuck it, let's just go to New Zealand this weekend and say good day to your folks and then it's done. And I think everyone's got a bit of that attitude. You can't really have your, you know, people like, I've got my five-year plan and I'm going to travel this year and I'm going to do that. And you're just like, mate, you can't even plan next week. I was supposed to film something next week and then we, what was it? We just found out this week that it's another month probably September 23 is the minimum of lockdown. So I'll push that filming back. And I think like you said, you just kind of be ready to go and go about your day. And if a, a chance pops up, you take it. And if not, don't worry about it too much. Like it's, that's all you can really do. Right. It's uh, yeah, not many, too, not too many other options. It's the same as like opportunities in that too. Like, like you could have good things coming up. Like we've had a few good things and we're like to do in person and then COVID obviously affects it. So when things come up, you're like, yeah, if it goes ahead, that'd be fantastic. So it's kind of like, feels like everyone's in a state of just like, we'll just wait and see and just sort of, it's been a bit weird, hasn't it? The last like, like yeah. six months in particular, I reckon. This guy I used to work for, so he was the head of content of Southern Cross Osteria, which owns Triple M and the Fox and all those big networks. Uh, his name's Craig Bruce, who was absolute legend, bit of a godfather. And he used to say this thing. He's like, you never know when the opportunity is going to come up. You never know what the opportunity is going to be, but all you can do is be ready when it arrives. And his point was, just be in form, you know, just be fit, just be busy. Cause when that thing pops up, you're like, I'm ready to go. This podcast opportunity comes up for you guys and you go, wow, we've been doing it every day for a year. Like we're so ready instead of just, you know, Oh yeah. If something pops up, then we'll, we might try it. It's like, nah, you don't know what's going to come. You don't know when it's going to come. All you can do is just keep showing up and being ready. And then when whatever it is that comes up off you go. And uh, I don't know that advice served me very well. I reckon. You got to take you got to take the chances when they when they come to you. It's funny, like you not overthink it, you know, and just be just, just say slow yes. state, slow yes. state, baby. Yes, say yes, yes. say yes. But honestly, yep. how you juggle your time is something that we talk about, like with people who have lots of things on the go or are interested in lots of different things. How they find going about like context switching, planning enough capacity. You said you mentioned at the start of the pod that you're sort of at capacity at the moment. How do you yep. juggle your time? Um, I mean, I constantly have that conversation with myself. I'm trying to be really planned. Um, but then you spend all your time working on the plan, <laughs> you know, and, and not doing it. So I could spend all day like perfecting my to-do list. And then I go, Hey Ryan, if you don't start doing something on the fucking list, it's not, it doesn't matter. So, um, there is a, a bit of a balance, but I think I try to do, I guess what I would call batching. Like instead of turning up to do one thing, I'll go, all right, well, if you and me are going to turn up someplace, let's pump out 10 things in that day. Let's plan ahead and let's rock up early and let's churn out 10 things. And then we're set. We don't need to worry about that for the next one. Um, so with the business Bible, V is pretty hard to get a hold of. She's real busy. And so am I, I guess. So when we catch up, don't just like, we've finally got in a room together. Let's not do one episode. Let's do four. <laughs> and then oh, if you're busy next week, cool. We've got one in the can. Um, and I think with 
if you tried to make one Instagram reel or one TikTok a day, that might be a chore. But I reckon if you set aside four hours one morning, you could probably churn out seven and then you're set for the week. Um, so I just call that batching. I'd like to do it in batches. Do you um, change your clothes every video? Uh, not every video, but I do. I do actually change clothes. So Tony and I do a podcast. Um, we record once a week and we're doing two episodes at the moment, but we will start doing a few more, but yeah, we film an episode and I will change the color of my jacket or my shirt. And just so when you see it on the feed, it doesn't look like they rocked up once and filmed for 10 years. Um, like it looks like different episodes in different days. So yeah, I mean, I'm straight, not- straight after a haircut too, no doubt. You're just looking good in the mirror and you're going, hang on, it's film day. Wake it's up, film day. come on. It's film day. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget's like, why, why are you all dressed up? It's film day, mate. What I film today. <laughs> I get the washing feel- ready, huh? We're ready. Yeah. What I film today is my next three months worth and then I'll look like a piece of shit for the next few months and then I'll just tidy up again and off I go for another batch. That's not bad. That's like, like, I think you could, we could really let ourselves go. You know what I mean? Like maybe we have like film month and then for the rest of the year, just blow out. I think you have to be a Nick to be able to let yourself go. Yeah. But we could train like Thor for a month. Easy, bro. (laughs) You know, you fast and shit. No dramas. You know, stop eating, man. So are you implying, Lockie, that you right now, when you say we could let ourselves go, are you implying that your current state is like peak form have like, that's not already happened? Oh, look, mate, I'm on the, I'm on the decline. Don't worry about that. And it was, it's a quick decline. I reckon it was the the last lockdown. I really started to look at myself and go, Jesus, I need to uh, get back into some form of exercise besides walking. Cause I've been masking that as my form of like strenuous yeah, exercise. For oh, I'll take the dog for a stroll. Yeah. There's me exercise of the day. Nah, I reckon it takes me four months to get into a bit of form and probably four days to fall out of it. <laughs> like, just, Yeah. It's so brutal. I've got a chocolate fondue fountain that I'm having tonight. So I think I might start the, the diet tomorrow. Like what legit. Got, what have you got? Chocolate fondue fountain. Yeah. The parents missed me. So they, the, the Great Ocean Road chocolate factory sent, um, sent across a, a homemade fondue fountain thing. And oh, is that the one tar- near Anglesey? Yeah. Between Bells Beach and Anglesey? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Willy Wonka factory, but, uh, but with pizzas and stuff. How much does that, how many is that meant to serve? Is it like a, no, it's a two thing. It's like a romantic thing. There's honeycomb rock and shit. It's crazy, bro. Can you please document this and send, I need to see this because it sounds pretty good. See, the thing is like when you have stuff like, like, I'm always thinking in my head, like, like I need to document this and make this all look schmick and stuff. But then I'm, I get halfway through, I start doing it. I'm like, this looks shit. And I'm just like, I'm starving. It looks so good. You know what I mean? <laughs> so when you work, like ahead yeah. of time, when, you, when you're having, doing interesting things in your head, are you thinking about content? Um, yeah, I get, when I was doing breakfast radio, it's just so thirsty for ideas that everywhere you go, you just, your whole life is looking for a story. Cause you, when you do breakfast radio, you probably need four or five stories a day. Like every day you need to rock up with four or five stories, which means you probably need six or seven ideas to pitch. And then the team goes, yeah, yeah. I like those three or four. So every conversation you have, you're like, oh, is this a, is this a one breaker or is this a phone topic? Or, you know, you kind of, your whole brain is like that and you just get used to it. So I've sort of fallen out of that habit, but I reckon for seven years, everything was content (laughs) and we always to call it ABC, always be contenting. (laughs) But, um, but it's weird you say that about the food because I... I still get that moment where I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. And then I'll go to press film and I'm just like, oh, is this fucking lame? Like, is this what I'm doing with my life? Am I really doing this? Like, I still always have that doubt and I'm like, oh, this is really lame. I just want to eat the fucking honeycomb fondue. Like, you know, I just, um, but I don't know. You just decide and do it. And if it's shit, 
you just no, move well, on to no, the next content. I just think it's a new way because I, I just think that's the way the world is now. Like if like you're yeah. saying TikTokers now, like I, I'm not, I don't want to be a grandpa, but you know what I mean? Like nowadays, like that is normal, you know, like going out for dinner. Mm. Imagine if we were still allowed out and be able to do these things now. It'd be even crazier. You know, people with ring lights, people standing outside the burger shop on the bloody tables taking like drone shots of their burgers so you know? no, when you do it the, like taking a selfie in front of like if there's other people around and i'm taking a photo of like something in a cafe or a selfie i still get like oh my god this is so embarrassing and i was at a cafe the other day getting a takeaway on the way to work and this one girl got a takeaway coffee and kind of went to the middle of a roundabout in richmond and kind of sat it on the roundabout and was trying to get that like coffee in the foreground but you can see the sunrise in the cafe in the background and she was like laying on the ground trying to get the angle right and getting the light to pop and i remember just walking past being like the fucking balls on this it's because it's so excruciatingly cringeworthy right now but you are so committed to whatever it is the hell you're doing right now i kind of respect it <laughs> because lord knows i'm not laying down on a roundabout in richmond to get a, a shot of a coffee but i mean good on her Hey, I like if, that. It, if it works, it works. But I say that's something that's that a confidence thing, man. It's it's the yeah. fear of just not giving a fuck what people think and who cares what yeah. if if people don't vibe with you. I think that's the part, like especially when you're bouncing off different platforms and things might not feel comfortable. But the fact that you're trying it and pushing it out there and seeing what works for you, that's the most important part, you know, finding your groove and what, yeah. like you said, what platform sort of aligns with how you want to do it, you know? Absolutely. I want to talk about your like bringing the energy doing breakfast radio, doing pods, doing different ideas, new stories. Yeah, because you're lacking a bit of energy lately. Like, like, no, keep we, it up. Because we, we have our snacks pods when we do, it's three times a week. Some days we're looking at the stuff going, fuck, there's not much to talk about today. I don't really want to talk about COVID for the 75th time. Yeah. Let's again. make up some stuff. What can we talk about? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, and like I said, that breakfast radio, doing the actual radio show was the easy part. The hard bit was that, getting up in, and going, fuck. There's nothing on the news and I got to talk for three hours about something. Shit. <laughs> um, and so that's the job. Like that is the job. The being on the radio is the fun bit that the way you earn your money is the rest of the, the other 21 hours of the day trying to figure out how to fill that three hours. So I do think it's like creativity is a muscle. Like the more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. So if you guys forced yourself to write 10 ideas every single day, if you did that for three weeks, you'd be fucking set for life. Because it just, it, you exercise that muscle. And the best way to come up with a good idea is to come up with a bunch of shit ones. So if you said to yourself, every day I'm going to get up and write 10 shit ideas, you go, oh yeah, this one, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. And then you kind of look at your list and go, oh, I was kind of just trying to fill out the 10, but you know what? That seventh one's actually pretty fun. Or, you know, you, some these bits of bits out of the rough come out. And sometimes you, you learn a few questions to ask yourself. Like you read a news story and you go, how does this affect me? If I worked there, what would I have done different? Does this affect my girlfriend? Does that make me think less of her because she actually gives a shit about this dumb story? And sometimes it's not the story. It's the question you ask about the story that suddenly you land on a bit of content. So I, I found all these little tricks and tips to, you kind of just get practice. And then as you can imagine, you're writing down shit ideas, you're throwing questions at the ideas you already had. Suddenly you got a page of ideas and you got something to choose from. And hopefully two or three of those things don't suck. <laughs> Have you had like a, a, a best and a worst type of story that you've brought to the table that comes to memory? Like best one you got to do or best experience you've had to have versus like maybe there was not, not many that good ideas left on the list and you had to bring a shit one in and try and make the most of it for fill in time. And it worked. Yeah. Uh, the best one that was terrible and it actually started as a joke. Like I almost pitched it as a, 
for a lol. Um, was, I was doing breakfast radio in Canberra. It was the Ryan and Tanya show with Tanya Hennessy. And we had a, a week and we were like, we had a bit of budget and we we're like, oh, we, we need to make something pop here. And there's around Canberra, there's all these little small towns on the outskirts of Canberra. Like it's almost regional New South Wales. And so I go, Hey guys, what if we rimmed Canberra? We'll get a bit, a taste of that country air and we'll do a show every day from a different little town and we'll do a big circle around Canberra. So we went to Yass, we went to um, Goulburn, we went to somewhere else and, and we, the jokes in the office about we're rimming Canberra, the taste of that country air. We hired a rim turn for the week to help us out with our admin tasks. We did all this stuff <laughs> and, and then an idea fell through. And the boss was like, oh, we need an idea. Do you guys have anything? And someone went, oh, we could probably do the rimming one. And we actually did it. <laughs> and it was so good. Thousands of people turned up every day. Went, yeah, Braidwood, Cooma, all these really small towns. People loved it. And it was in the local, in the newspaper, in the Canberra Times. Or like, And, you know, there's billboards like Ryan and, Tan- Ryan and Tanya, rimming Canberra. And it became this <laughs> big thing. And we did it for a week. And we got T-shirts. And people came up to get photos and shit. And, uh, I mean... That was a terrible idea. Um, but we, I don't know, sometimes even if it's a terrible idea, if you back it in and come at it with a bit of passion and energy, people just get around it, you know? And uh, I would almost they, start from the opposite side of the list, I reckon. Like, like what's look the at, worst idea? Yeah, what's the worst idea? And how, because we, like, we spoke to, who was it? Danny Clayton, who had a few interesting things like that, where he just threw sort of shit at the wall and sort of just done it and it sort of stuck. And I feel like, that having the freedom to sort of fail, you know what I mean? Having the freedom to sort of. Well, the, the best way to get a good idea is to give yourself permission to have a shit idea. You know, people put yeah. so much pressure on perfecting that one idea. I'm like, nah, just think of 20 shit ones. And then you might, might stumble across something. So I like that theory from Danny, but let me tell you. And cause a lot of people run their own business. Have you heard of Airbnb's 11 star service? No, no. What's this? All right. So Airbnb, they wanted to make it a really great service for the customers. Right. So. They sat down in the room and went, all right, guys, what's five-star service look like? And they went, yeah, you know, the room's clean. You rock up on time, uh, blah, 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 you know, all the basics. And they go, okay, just give yourself permission to dream a bit. What's six-star service like? Oh, well, six-star, you know, you'd rock up and there's probably a bottle of wine waiting for you, a little note saying, welcome to the house. That's a bit cute. Okay, great. What's seven-star? Oh, well, seven-star would be... You know, they know you're into Thai food. So there's a little list of the best Thai takeaway places near the thing. And okay, great. What's eight star? And they went all the way up to 11 star, which was like a parade, greet you at the airport and you ride an elephant to the, you know, it just gets crazy. Um, And they go through the list, but then you kind of look back and go, oh, well, actually the wine idea is probably possible. You know, like we were kind of joking, but that's probably doable. And with the eight star one, we said a helicopter from the airport, but Obviously, we'd need to charge for that, but we could probably make that an option that they could tick. Like, I mean, if they want to pay for it, I mean, we could probably just add that service in the back end of Airbnb and it just fires off an email to some local air helicopter company. So like we could probably actually do that. And the fact that they sit there in the boardroom and said, what's 15 star service? What's 16? They gave themselves permission to just fuck around and throw ideas around for 20 minutes. And now every time you go to an Airbnb, there's a little personal note. And you go, how nice is this? They've written my name. Oh, there's a bottle of wine. How nice is that? Um, oh, on my profile, it says I'm into pizza. So they'll give you a recommendation for, oh, hey, Ryan, here's the local pizza joints in the area. I heard you like pizza. Here you go. Don't get Domino's, obviously. It's awful. But um, here's the local one in Torquay. And I think the permission for all the executives of Airbnb to have all these shit ideas actually gave them room to stumble on a couple of good ones as well. So, I mean, if you're listening now and you run a business, like, 
give yourself permission for 20 minutes to go, I'm going to think of 15 ridiculous, unrealistic ideas that my business could do in the next six months. And I don't know, maybe one of them is actually a fucking little gold mine for you, a little nugget. Who knows? I like that. I remember the first time I caught an, uh, an Uber when I come back from overseas and I never caught an Uber before. And the guy had um, in the back seat, he had like the plane thing, you know, like in this vehicle, do this. And he had the diagrams and shit. They're like an entry like card thing. I was like, how good this is 11 star service. Maybe, maybe he's heard of that before because I just felt that vibe straight away. I was like, oh my, I'm catching Ubers everywhere. You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, even the, you're getting an Uber and you know, the first time they offer you a mint or a bottle of water and you're like, how fucking good is this? <laughs> you know, it's sometimes it's the simplest things that make a huge change. So um, yeah, I mean, there's heaps of examples of that. So the best way to come up with a good idea is to give yourself permission to come up with plenty of shit ones. Well, man, thank you so much for jumping on and letting us pick your brain. If uh, people are trying to find where your stuff is, how do they find you? Um, yeah, I reckon probably Instagram or even ryanjohn.com. It just has links. There's not much on the website, but it just has links to the podcast and stuff. And it's Ryan John J O N because my birth mother was just as terrible at spelling as I am. So it's just J O N for John. (laughs) Uh, Awesome, mate. Well, uh, we can't wait to keep up to date with all the stuff that you're doing. I mean, you're a huge inspiration for us, man. We look at your stuff on LinkedIn and the way you do all the pods and your brain, mate. It was uh, great to learn a few things today and really appreciate you coming on. Oh, no. Thanks for inviting me, boys. I've liked watching from afar everything you guys are doing. So it's cool to to be a part of one of the episodes. And to be honest, it's also going to be cool. Do I get one of those fully sick podcast cover photos? Because they look sick when you have those guests on the magazine covers. Oh, mate. Yeah, we've been lucky enough. We've got a dude named Ben Toman from Over and Out Media. We'll give him a shout out. He uh, shouts many times. We, we want to switch it up all the time. So every couple of months, he's just like, well, I've got a new idea for a new cover. And it's like, yeah, let's just go with it. So um, great. give permission really to fail for him, you know? Yeah, <laughs> they really stick out. They look great. So good on him. Oh, thanks, well, mate. You'll yeah. be getting a magazine cover, no stress. Boom. All right, sweet. Oh, thanks for having me, lads. Ryan, John, I feel like if MySpace was still around, he'd be in my top uh, top eight friends, I reckon. I'd put him in there. you put him in there? Yeah, I would. I would. I can't believe he doesn't. He rates Domino's, though. Yeah, well, that's that's slightly disappointing. I was, I, I'll tell you the thing about Domino's, though. It's just, it's, a, it's just a bit shit, isn't it? Like, why are we accepting this mediocrity? The pizza's just, enough good. Give me a fucking... Wood fired pizza any day of the week, Domino's, you know? Oh, you've become a bit posh now, Rob. Wood fired oh, pizza. Dead said, I eat, I eat, I'd eat Domino's. I eat any pizza, but dead no. said Domino's. That's our almost favorite. a character flaw, isn't it? What was our favorite in Melbourne back in the day? It was, uh, what was the one on Killer Road that we used to always go to? You used to love. Which one? I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's the yellow Barbarino's, bro. Oh, Barbarino's. I like Barbarino's. Big shout out to Mr. Barbarino's. If you're still Anthony listening. Barbarino, I think his name is. The owner, founder. Yeah, I like that. Hey, if you're new to the pod, anyway, if you're new to the pod, we drop guest episodes Monday, Thursday, snacks, pods. They come at you hot Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and we'll be back at you tomorrow morning for a tech talk. We love that on snacks, don't we, Al Bradford? Sometimes, yeah. 